I now call to order the Subcommittee on Nutrition Oversight and Department Operations Review of the Office of Inspector General Report on USDA Oversight of Civil Rights Complaints. Good afternoon, everyone. This hearing of the Subcommittee on Nutrition Oversight and Department Operations entitled Review of the Office of Inspector General Report on USDA Oversight of Civil Rights Complaints will come to order. Welcome, and thank you all for joining us here today. After brief opening remarks, members will receive testimony from our witnesses today, and then the hearing will be open to questions. In consultation with the ranking member and pursuant to Rule 11E, I want to make members of the subcommittee aware that other members of the full committee may join us today. Thank you to the Inspector General, accompanied by the Assistant Inspector General for Audit for joining us today to provide testimony and answer our questions. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedules to provide us with this expertise. I look forward to a productive conversation about the USDA Office of the Inspector General Report on the USDA Office of the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights Oversight of the Civil Rights Complaint Process. The mission of OASCAR is to provide leadership and direction for the fair and equitable treatment of all USDA customers and employees while ensuring the enforcement of civil rights. However, as we know, USDA has a documented history of race and gender-based discrimination in its role as an administrator of federal programs, an employer and processor of civil rights complaints. Discriminatory actions have resulted in several class action lawsuits and settlements over the years. While the USDA civil rights complaint process should provide recourse for employees and program participants who face discrimination in hiring, employment, and program delivery, serious issues have plagued the department's complaint processing for more than half a century and undermined the ability to timely and effectively resolve civil rights complaints. And while these problems are not new to OIG's, are not new, OIG's September 2021 report on USDA oversight of civil rights complaints, which reviewed complaints processed between October 2016 and June 2019, has some very concerning findings. OIG's findings show that under the previous administration, USDA regressed in terms of timelines of its civil rights complaint processing. Of the complaints OIG sampled, more than 85% took longer than 180 days to process. In fiscal year 2019, it took 799 days on average, or more than two years, to process complaints. We are also aware that at that time, massive cuts were requested for OIG OASCAR's budget, almost $3.5 million in cuts in fiscal year 2021, for example, and realigning the office in 2018 to eliminate redundancies. Among other concerning changes, as part of the 2018 reorganization of the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, Secretary Purdue proposed eliminating Deputy Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights at OASCAR and eliminating the policy division within OASCAR because it was, quote, no longer necessary in an era of decreased regulations. Furthermore, the budget proposed by the Trump administration repeatedly proposed that they would not fill critical vacancies in the program and employment complaint areas. As a result, between 2016 and 2020, OASCAR lost a substantial portion of their workforce. The OIG report makes clear that the Biden administration has their work cut out for them in the area of civil rights at USDA. Both, I'm sorry, because of USDA's historic struggle to appropriately process and adjudicate civil rights complaints. I am hopeful that today's hearing will help us better understand OIG's findings and recommendations for complaint processing at USDA. Further, I am hopeful that this hearing bring, brings forth productive solutions to ensure that this process works and that OASCAR has the staffing and support necessary to meet its mission. 
Thank you again to our members and to OIG for joining us today. I look forward to today's conversation. I'd now like to welcome the distinguished ranking member, the gentleman from Nebraska, Mr. Bacon, for any opening remarks he would like to give. Well, thank you, uh, Chairwoman Hayes. I appreciate your comments and also your comments on OSCAR and uh, what has happened in the past. I also wanna thank our witness today. I welcome the Inspector Fong to the subcommittee. I look forward to your discussion and, and learning from you. Uh, I also look forward to the opportunity to uh, bring in uh, the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, OSCAR, even if it involves a second panel. After years of issues, and I, and I agree it's crossed multiple administrations, it would be beneficial to question uh, Deputy Secret Assistant Secretary Range about our agency, its future, and how it's going to work to ensure the program and employee complaints are processed timely and with integrity. Uh, OSCAR provides the overall leadership, coordination, and direction of USDA's civil rights programs, including matters related to uh, program delivery, compliance, and equal employment opportunity. Its mission is to provide leadership and direction for the fair and equitable treatment of all USDA customers and employees, while ensuring the delivery of quality programs and enforcement of civil rights. So, so it is indeed one of the more important agencies of the department. So I hope we get an opportunity to talk to uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary Range as well. Also, if you may indulge me for just a moment, I also hope that sometime soon, we can bring up the business of oversight of the 2018 Farm Bill. You know, I'd like to hear from our FNS personnel publicly regarding implementation or pandemic-related policies and spending, and of course, the $256 billion baseline update uh, done by this administration. So with that, I thank the inspector for joining us today, and uh, thank you, Chairwoman Hayes, for uh, leading this uh, subcommittee. I yield back. Thank you, Representative Bacon. I now would like to recognize the ranking member of the full committee, Representative Thompson, who has joined us today for any opening remarks he would like to make. Chairwoman, uh, thank you so much. Uh, good, good afternoon, everybody, and uh, much appreciation to you, uh, Madam Chairwoman and Ranking Member Bacon. Uh, welcome, Inspector Fong. Uh, thank you for, for being with us today. Uh, I, I would like to associate myself with the comments of the Ranking Member. Um, uh, Oscar should be with us today, uh, and I hope we'll have the chance to speak with him as soon about this and other matters, including how employee complaints are handled. The September 2021 report under discussion today highlights longstanding issues within uh, uh, OSCAR. Uh, regardless of administration, it appears the office has an outdated and inefficient approach to program complaints. And I, I look forward to the discussion and any updates Inspector Fong can, may have relating to, uh, to her recommendations. And again, I do hope the subcommittee starts to contemplate the 2023 Farm Bill. Uh, my colleagues and I have many questions about the 2018 Farm Bill implementation, including issues related to quality control. And on the heels of uh, billions of pandemic-related spending, an additional $256 billion over 10 years in new spending. Uh, everything in this space requires intense scrutiny and en engagement. Once again, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to uh, join this subcommittee hearing. With that, I yield back. Thank you, Representative Thompson. The chair would request that other members submit their opening statements for the record so the witnesses may begin their testimony and to ensure that there is ample time for our questions. Our witness today is Ms. Phyllis Fong, the Inspector General of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Ms. Fong was nominated to serve as Inspector General for USDA by President George W. Bush and was subsequently confirmed by the U.S. Senate and sworn in as Inspector General for USDA in 2002. As Inspector General, Ms. Fong is responsible for audits, investigations, and other oversight activities related to USDA programs and operations. In addition to her work for USDA, Ms. Fong has also served as the Acting Inspector General for the Federal Housing Finance Agency since July 2021. Prior to her appointment at USDA, Ms. Fong was nominated and confirmed as Inspector General of the Small Business Association, where she served as Inspector General from April 1999 to December 2002. Ms. Fong is accompanied today by Mr. Gil Hardin, the Assistant Inspector for Audit at the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In his role as Assistant Inspector for Audit, Mr. Hardin is responsible for all audits and US, of USDA and its operations and programs. 
Welcome to both Ms. Fong and Mr. Hardin. We will now proceed to hearing testimony from Ms. Fong. You will have five minutes to give your testimony. The timer should be visible for you on your screen and will count down to zero at which point your time has expired. Ms. Fong, if you are ready, please begin your testimony. Thank you very much, Chairwoman Hayes, Ranking Member Bacon and Ranking Member Thompson. We really appreciate the opportunity to be here today to talk about our recent report, as you all have mentioned. And with me today is Gil Hardin, whose office performed the audit work that we will be discussing today. So he's got a good grasp of all the details. Um, as you know, our mission in the IG's office is to help the department deliver its programs effectively and with integrity. We do that through audits, investigations, and other reviews. And we make recommendations to help the department improve program delivery. In the end, however, it is the department itself and program officials who must take the necessary corrective actions. We do not have the authority to do that. My written statement provides a detailed description of our report. So I'd like to just spend a few minutes talking about some of the key themes that we have seen in over 20 years 20 years of oversight work involving the department's civil rights programs. Our work um, has focused on three broad areas. We've looked at various USDA programs and outreach activities to underserved communities. Second area we've looked at is, is USDA's handling of the claims resolution process for class action litigation filed by various groups as alluded to in the chairwoman's opening remarks. And the third area that we have focused on is USDA's handling of program and EEO employment complaints under the Civil Rights Acts and other legislation. And it's this third area relating to the importance of a timely and responsive complaint process that we believe is critical to addressing perceived discrimination in USDA programs and building public trust and confidence that the department can serve all the people. Our most recent report found that the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, that their program complaint process has fallen short of their goals. The, the report underscores a number of longstanding challenges, as many of you have pointed out today, that must be addressed if the department is to move forward. We have identified these same themes 14 years ago in testimony to Congress, um, and civil rights and outreach activities have been a management challenge on our list of key challenges facing the department for 20 years now. The themes that we have seen are as follows. Strong leadership is essential to make it a priority to process complaints in a timely fashion. Adequate resources need to be brought to bear, including sufficient staffing and an effective technology system. Monitoring and oversight of partnerships with other agencies is necessary to ensure that all are doing their part. And finally, clear performance measures need to be set and used so that success can be measured and reported. These challenges are not new. They will take concerted effort to address. I do want to acknowledge um, publicly that under the current Oscar leadership, Deputy Assistant Secretary um, Monica Range, has agreed to act on all of our recommendations in the audit report, and we have accepted Oscar's proposed actions to address our recommendations. Um, so in closing, I want to thank this committee for your interest in our work, and we look forward to discussing our report with you and answering your questions. Thank you, Ms. Fong. At this time, members will be recognized for questions in order of seniority, alternating between majority and minority members. You'll be recognized for five minutes each in order to allow us to get to as many questions as possible. Please keep your microphones muted until you are recognized in order to minimize background noise. 
I will recognize myself at the end so that we can get to our members first. So I now recognize Representative Bacon, the ranking member of the subcommittee. Well, thank you, uh, Madam Chair. I appreciate that. Inspector Fong, uh, has the president provided any indication as to when he will appoint a permanent inspector general for the Federal Housing Finance Agency, a role in which you have been in acting capacity since August of 2021? simultaneous to your current role in the department. Thank you. Thank you for that question. I have a great personal interest in that. Uh, and actually, an, the president has nominated a candidate who is going through the confirmation process. And the most recent status is that he has made it out of the banking committee and is awaiting Senate vote. So it could be soon. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, one more question. Uh, for the uh, OIG 2022 annual plan, three factors were identified that could hamper your ability to meet objectives. Factor one related to hiring, including challenges, uh, recruiting, and retaining sufficient personnel to meet stakeholder demands. Has this factor become a reality? And if so, uh, what are the challenges you are currently facing? And is there a plan to in motion to help mitigate those, those issues? Thank you. Yes, uh, thank you for that question. Uh, capacity is a key issue for us, and last year we lost a number of people due to normal attrition. We have had challenges filling those positions, and that is probably our top internal management priority right now, is to fill our vacancies. We are down about 40 or 50 positions, not positions, but people in those positions, and so we are very much focused on filling them we need auditors and investigators to do our work. Thank you. And with that, I'll just say, I know how important the inspector general is. I did 30 years in the Air Force. I need a very a good IG team uh, to hear complaints and uh, be a, a neutral sounding board. So I appreciate the role that you play. And with that, uh, Madam Chair, I'll yield back and allow others to uh, have, have their turn. Thank you. Thank you, Ranking Member Bacon. I now recognize the gentlelady from Ohio, Representative Brown. You have five minutes for questions. Thank you, Chairwoman Hayes and Ranking Member Bacon for holding this important hearing. And thank you, Ms. Fong and Mr. Harden for being here today and for your many years of service and dedication to supporting this department. Um, the Department of Agriculture has a longstanding track record of controversy on civil rights, from inconsistent access to farm programs for minority farmers and ranchers to unfair treatment of minority women and disabled employees. So it's no secret that the department must do better. Um, so my question is, in your report, you raise concerns that when faced with lengthy timeframes to process their complaints, individuals who have had a legitimate claim of discrimination and would otherwise be eligible for USDA programs may not continue to pursue their complaint. Ms. Fong, how will your recommendations help to rebuild public confidence in the USDA Office of Civil Rights and ensure that wrongdoers in the agency are held accountable? Thank you for that question. I think it's essential that the department have an effective and timely process to deal with incoming complaints from employees and program participants um, who are concerned that they may have legitimate grievances. And um, as, as a complainant, you know, if you file a complaint and it's not appropriately investigated and adjudicated within a reasonable amount of time, um, the concern is that you could lose confidence in the department's ability to address your needs and to give you the assistance that you need. And that that's just a very critical issue of credibility. So is it your opinion that additional oversight will be needed? Um, well, we our, our report found that um, the Office of the Assistant Secretary needs to really oversee these activities both within its own program, as well as within the agencies within the department. And of course, it's our, our responsibility to also do oversight work to make sure that our recommendations are implemented. Okay, thank you. So uh, Chairman Bacon, uh, Ranking Member Bacon, I'm sorry, uh, touched on the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights at USDA, which requires Senate confirmation and has remained vacant for the entirety of the previous administration. Um, but President Biden has nominated a candidate who is still waiting for Senate confirmation. Um, can you speak to the importance of confirming this position to all of the um, department, the USDA? 
Yes, I think it's essential that whenever a position is designated as one requiring a, a presidential appointee, there, there's a reason for that. Um, that person sets a certain tone, has leadership responsibilities and sets policies at the highest level, which all sets the tone for the organization. And so uh, we believe that it's critical that these positions be filled. And I think um, our work led a, a number of years ago to the creation of the, um, the position of a presidentially appointed assistant secretary for civil rights. Thank so you. We're very supportive of that. Thank you so much. And as we move into appropriation season, the previous administration requested decreases in appropriations for the Office of Civil Rights, including a cut of $3.5 million um, in fiscal year 21. Conversely, the Biden administration has requested an increase of $6.5 million in this fiscal year. Um, do you think that President Biden's budget request is sufficient to carry out all the recommendations your office has presented, Ms. Fong? Uh, we have not done that analysis. Um, we, we do understand that the Deputy Assistant Secretary has agreed to implement all of our recommendations. And so we, um, we believe in giving her that opportunity. Well, well, let me ask you this. What would be your top three recommendations that the um, agency should prioritize? For the Office of Civil Rights? Yes. Um, well, in, in our set of recommendations, there were 21 of them. Um, I think it, it's key that the office be very clear about its time for processing complaints and then come up with a plan to actually achieve those goals, whether it's through staffing or IT resources or other means. They also, I think, need to revisit their strategic plan to make sure that they are focused on what they need to do and they, they set it out very clearly and they measure their performance. And third, they need to um, focus on making sure they have the data to actually report back on how well they're doing. Well, thank you, Ms. Fong. Um, as I expressed, I have some concerns about the findings in the report. And uh, Chairwoman Hayes, if I have any additional questions, I will submit them for the record. Thank you, Madam Chair, and I yield back. Thank you, Representative Brown. I now recognize the ranking member of the full committee, Representative Thompson. You have five minutes for questioning. Madam Chair, thank you so much. And once again, Inspector Fong, thank you for your, uh, your service. Uh, you play a critical role uh, within um, USDA and, uh, and it, uh, uh, you and your colleagues, we, we appreciate what you do. Uh, last week, USDA announced a $1 billion pilot program for climate smart commodities. It's my understanding this money will not go directly to farmers, but rather be doled out to companies or other entities who will in turn pay farmers for certain practices. So concerns of the lack of transparency at this point is, is um, certainly concerning to me. Uh, uh, is that, uh, uh, do, you, do you intend to audit the, the uh, Partnership for Climate Smart Commodities pilot and its financing by the Commodity Credit Corporation? Um, that would be my first question, I guess. We don't have current plans to do that audit. We just became aware of the program announcement and we are keeping an eye on it. We know that there are a number of concerns that are being expressed about it and we need to learn a little bit more about the situation. Uh, but we will definitely consider that in our planning process. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate your, your due diligence of learning more about it. I, uh, there's just a real lack of transparency. And, and to me, that always those types of situations always lend themselves to audits. Uh, I, find, I find them helpful. I know as our members, all of our members would. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, our, uh, Inspector Fong, are you, are you aware of a complaint filed with uh, FNS Civil Rights Division alleging discrimination in FNS SNAP Retailer Administrative Enforcement System? And if so, has there been a formal investigation? Has a formal investigation been opened? Okay. Um, we receive, as you know, a lot of allegations um, through our hotline and other and through whistleblowers. Right. Um, I can't really discuss anything that is an open and ongoing investigation, uh, but we do work very closely with FNS. Um, they when they have concerns 
um, they know that they can come to us to request assistance and we will give it every consideration and evaluation. Um, if, if there's a particular situation that you would like to discuss, we'd be happy to reach out to your staff and um, coordinate further. Well, I would appreciate that. I'd be, if, if that is the case, uh, you know, I'd be curious to know what the expected uh, timeline for completion might be estimated to be. So uh, uh, I, I appreciate those future communications. Um, I think with that, uh, Madam Chair, um, I just uh, once again, thank you and the ranking member and, uh, and more specifically, Inspector Fong for, uh, for joining us here today. And I yield back the balance of my time. Thank you, Representative Thompson. We have another member from the full committee joining us today, uh, Representative from Georgia, um, Mr. Bishop, and the members of the committee have agreed to let him ask questions out of order uh, because he will not, he cannot stay with us for the whole, the entirety of this hearing. So I now recognize the gentleman from Georgia, Representative Bishop for five minutes for questioning. Thank you, Madam Chairman, and uh, thank you to the members of the committee for allowing me to speak out of turn. Uh, thank you so much for this hearing. It is very timely. And let me welcome Ms. Fong and thank her and her staff for her uh, decades of, of uh, extraordinary work uh, uh, as the, uh, uh, in the Office of uh, uh, Inspector General. Uh, Ms. Uh, Brown of Ohio uh, referenced uh, earlier the efforts by the administration, and you uh, commented on the fact that the uh, uh, new uh, uh, director of that office uh, has uh, agreed to the recommendations uh, uh, to try to implement them. And I think Ms. Brown uh, referenced uh, and asked you whether or not the uh, uh, you thought that the budget requests uh, uh, would uh, comply with, uh, would allow them to comply with the recommendations. And of course, you indicated that you were not, uh, uh, you had not had an opportunity to, to analyze them. But uh, as a member of the Appropriations Committee, as a fact, as uh, the chair of that uh, subcommittee, uh, I noticed that uh, there were several, several uh, requests that were made, which uh, we proposed to fund uh, in the FY22 bill. Uh, there's an increase for staff of 128 to 191, uh, which is a cost of about $11 billion uh, that would allow the office to reestablish uh, alternative dispute resolution center, uh, new program adjudicators uh, to work exclusively with the heirs property lending program, uh, new equal employment specialists and assistance to ensure that uh, all of the employment complaints are handled in a timely manner. A new employment specialist in the conflict complaints division uh, to ensure that uh, this uh, model, which was set by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission program, would be able to process sensitive complaints efficiently, and uh, additional hires would enhance uh, their audit functions. Uh, increasing the program investigators for face-to-face -face investigations, uh, enhance uh, collaborative efforts uh, uh, with community-based organizations, uh, increasing funding for employment investigation and contract support, uh, and uh, replacing the current civil rights enterprise system for processing the complaints. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, those are proposed to be uh, funded and both the House and the Senate seem favorably disposed to it. Uh, if, in fact, uh, those provisions uh, are funded in the appropriations uh, bill, uh, will that uh, give an opportunity, do you think, uh, uh, give them the resources that they need to uh, comply with the recommendations that you made? Um, thank you for that information. A number of things that you said caught my ear. Um, I think it's very, if, if in fact they receive that appropriation and are able to hire an additional 60 plus people that should make a significant difference in their ability to investigate and adjudicate claims. Um, I also heard you say that they are planning to replace their CRES system, which sounds like a tremendous step forward in terms of getting an effective management information system to manage their caseload and keep track of, of what's going on and all the deadlines. So um, that sounds very promising. Um, and I, I hope to hear good things. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you very much, Ms. Fong. I, I, um, 
understand that uh, in the previous administration, uh, there were drastic cuts uh, in that uh, uh, agency. And of course, uh, that resulted in an exacerbation of what was already a, a bad problem. And so I think that this administration, as you uh, uh, have recognized, is trying to move forward to, to remediate that and to take steps forward. And I think the committee, uh, the authorizing committee and the appropriations committees on both sides of the House uh, of the Capitol, I should say, uh, appear to be supportive of that. And so uh, thank you for your consistency in uh, highlighting the the failure to comply with the recommendations. And uh, we hope that uh, in this instance, we will be able to provide the resources that will allow uh, those recommendations to be followed. Uh, so thank you very much. And with that, uh, Madam uh, Chair, uh, I will yield back my time. And I thank you again for allowing me to, uh, to go out of turn. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. I now recognize the gentleman from Indiana, Representative Beard. You have five minutes for questioning. Please begin. Well, thank you, Madam Chair, and uh, thank you and the ranking member for holding this um, important session. You know, um, I would, would, and I appreciate Inspector Fong being here and sharing her perspective uh, on this office. Um, you know, I am curious. I am kind of curious. Uh, it looks like that we reported 911 complaints from 2016 to 2019. That would appear to me to be almost one a day or in that three-year period. I also am kind of curious about why we focused uh, uh, on the previous administration and those three years. And so what is your, uh, what is your perspective on how we might move forward uh, in analyzing this data and as we implement the suggestions that, uh, that uh, OASCAR has suggested. Yes, let me offer a few comments. Um, we, as you pointed out, designed this review um, to focus on the three years of data that were available at the time it was not intended to focus on any particular administration. Um, and we had, we've done work throughout um, the 20 years that I've been at USDA. We've done work every few years on these issues. We had done work um, in 2014 and 2015 on similar issues through our investigative side and found similar processing delays with complaints. And so, it was again time to go back in. And so this covered the next group of years. Um, and I think, you know, it's the data, we just are here to report the data as we found it. Um, and I, I think that they, the, the facts are, are what are set out in our report. Well, thank you. I'm really glad to hear that. I appreciate your perspective and I appreciate uh, your comments in that regard. You know, I'd like to understand uh, the relationship between um, uh, the OIG or the OSCAR and, and the department through memorandums of understanding uh, and those. And I just like to understand that relationship and how that relates to the process of, uh, of uh, handling these complaints. And then I'd like to have your idea on how long you think, what period of time is sufficient uh, for, for um, handling these complaints? Yeah, those are very um, insightful questions. And I'll take the second question first in terms of the appropriate time frame for handling complaints. There is nothing, there's no federal regulation that sets out an appropriate time frame for program complaints. The Justice Department just says you have to do it in a prompt way. And so we, our recommendation to OASCR is that they should figure out, you know, do an assessment, perhaps do some benchmarking, think about what an appropriate time frame might be, and then be very clear about communicating that to the public as well as to their own people. We've seen the timeframes expand over the years. 
from 180 days up until you know where it currently is. Um, there's there's got to be a standard that would be appropriate that they can adopt and hold their their selves to. Um, in terms of the relationships between OASCR and the department, the MOUs, um, my understanding, and Gil might be able to step in here, is that um, OASCR basically oversees the handling of complaints within the department, but with respect to two program areas, um, because of the expertise that resides in FNS for the nutrition programs and it, with HUD for the housing programs, that there is a, an agreement there to have those two entities handle those program complaints. And OASCR is responsible for then overseeing the timeliness and the effectiveness of those processes. And they do that through an MOU. Um, and Gil, you know, I'll, I'll turn the mic over to you if you have any additional things to offer on that. Um, thanks, um, Phyllis. I think the, the only thing that I would add is, you know, it really does go back to their oversight and monitoring of the process. They had agreements in place that they just weren't effectively overseeing and they needed to update those agreements. So with renewed efforts there, you know, there could be better processing times on for both of those entities. I'll also point out, which is in the report, the number or the percentage of cases processed by FNS and HUD of that 911 for that time period was 59%. So they process a significant portion during that time period of the complaints to be processed. And so having a, a good relationship with those entities and providing effective oversight is critical. Thank you. And I've overrun, I've overrun our time, but anyway, I appreciate those answers very much. So Madam Chair, I yield back. Thank you. It's a very important question, so I wanted to hear the answer. Uh, you're forgiven. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I now recognize the gentleman from the Northern Mariana Islands, uh, Mr. Sablon. You're recognized for five minutes for questioning. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair, for holding this hearing. I want to welcome um, our witness, General Fong, um, and of course, uh, his assist, her assistant, uh, and um, uh, General Fong, I'm, I will eventually reach out to your office for an issue with operations uh, in the my district in the Northern Mariana Islands, and it's sometimes difficult relationship with the region office in Hawaii. But but for today, um, in your report, I uh, on the USDA. Office of Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, I'll call it Oscar. Could you confirm whether civil rights complaints from the U.S. territories were examined? Uh, I do not know the answer to that, whether we had any of those complaints in our sample. Um, my, if I had to say, I would say that USDA's jurisdiction would, Oscar's jurisdiction would extend to any USDA programs wherever they're offered. So that the jurisdiction and the authority is there, but I don't know if we looked at any complaints specifically from um, your your district. Okay, and, and how do we get um, your office to look at complaints if there are any out there that have not been looked at? It was just so isolated, so remote, and we get you know looked over so many times. Uh, we would be happy to reach out to your staff and okay. and discuss the most effective way to do that. Okay. And Gil, Thank if you, you have any anything else to offer, Gil, um, please comment. Yeah, I was just going to offer that we can first take a look at the the twenty eight complaints that are in our sample just to confirm you know where they are and if there are any any complaints from the Northern Mariana. Northern Mariana Islands, excuse me, and um, also reach out and have a discussion about concerns with complaints in that area. Yeah. And Mr. Harden, when you're looking at it, look for the Northern Mariana Islands and Guam because we are a an outpost that are several times removed from the region office. But thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, and so, um, General, in your testimony, you state that the OASCR does not evaluate and process all complaints for USDA, and it relies on the assistance of two organizations, FNS and HUD. And 
these two organizations completed 59% of USDA civil rights complaints during the period that your OIG evaluated and processed complaints more quickly than OASCR, more than 600 days and more than 200 days on average, respectively, in fiscal year 2019, as compared to 799 days on average for all complaints. So why do you believe that FNS and hard process complaints more quickly than Oscar? Well, and are I, there lessons? And are there lessons from the processes that could be applied to uh, OAFCR's process itself? I think you make a very interesting point um, that that the complaints handled by FNS and HUD were handled in a more timely manner than some of the others. I think uh, what we would be concerned about is that none of those um, timeframes really comport with the timeframes that the agency was holding itself to and, and are, were much too lengthy. Uh, but Gil, Gil may have some further insight on that. I, I, I agree it is a very interesting question that um, I would have to go back and, and talk to the team and see if we have any information that would inform um, discussion in that area. And if we do, um, we can get back um, to, to the yeah. congressman on, on either way, whether we do or we don't. Thank you again for that. Uh, uh, and Madam Chair, um, I have no other questions. I thank the witnesses and I yield my time. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sablon. I am looking, I don't see any of my Republican colleagues, so I'll now recognize, I see Mr. Russia has joined. Price increases and the uh, American competing. Is there someone there? Oh. I now recognize the gentleman from Illinois, Mr. Rush, for five minutes, if you have questions. Mr. Rush, you're muted. Uh, I'm, I'm unmuted now. <laughs> yes, please Thank begin. You, Madam Thank Chair. you, So delighted to be here with uh, you this morning, and thank you for today's oversight hearing. And this oversight hearing is critical for ensuring that the civil rights complaints brought by my farmers are taken seriously, that they are vetted in a timely manner, and that they are resolved in such a way that black and minority farmers receive both the justice and the assistance that they need in order to prosper. I'm somewhat um, not someone, but I'm very disheartened, Madam Chair, by how often the federal government and the Department of Agriculture have fallen short over the years at the expense of Black farmers' livelihood, their property, and their trust. At the same time, I'm also hopeful that under the leadership of the Biden administration and the right spotlight provided by the office of the Inspector General, we can regain uh, the public's confidence. Madam Chair, I am a uh, 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 descendant. My grandfather was a Georgia, a Georgia farmer on the farm, and uh, my, my grandfather's farm was, uh, we lost the farm under what I think are some very, very uh, questionable circumstances. My question is to Mrs. Fong. Mrs. Fong, can you expand, how, expand on how the USDA is addressing their history of, of failing to review complaints in a timely manner? What additional steps should the department take to increase buy-in from minority farmers? Yes, I think it's critical that the department exercise leadership in this arena. And we've made a number of recommendations where the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights could um, exercise leadership to start addressing some of these longstanding issues. Um, and it was very good to hear from Chairman Bishop about the resources that he hopes Congress will appropriate 
appropriate to enable OASCR to have the staff that it needs to, to move forward. Um, and I, I think we have a commitment from the current leadership of the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights to take action on all of our recommendations. And that is a very encouraging sign. I, I've also heard multiple reports of outright hostility uh, at local, uh, the, the, uh, local ag offices, ag field offices, toward black farmers. Did uh, the old IG's report drill down into the geographic distribution of complaints? And if so, were there any specific recommendations that were made by state or regional uh, offices? And if not, is that something that would be possible uh, for the department to research and issue a report on? Uh, I think it would, might, it would uh, create a bright light on these, on the attitudinal obstacles to fairness that um, black farmers particularly are experiencing at the local level? That's a very interesting question. Um, I don't know if in, in, in the sample of cases that we looked at in our audit, if we have a geographical data on the distribution, I think we could certainly take a look at that and get back to you and your staff on that. Um, to see if we have data by state or region. And I think you also raise a very interesting question looking forward um, as we plan our future work, whether there's any, any way to um, address that question if the data exists. So um, let, we'll think about that and get back to your staff on that. Lastly, quickly, what is the appeal process for uh, rulings by field officers? Um, the appeal process for, uh, I think that would lie with the program agencies. Um, my office, you know, what we do is we, we audit and we investigate allegations of wrongdoing or, or fraud. Um, and people are free to come to us at any time. We have public hotlines and intake mechanisms and, uh, if, if there are issues that we see, we will either investigate or audit them, or we will work with the agencies on that. Thank you, Madam Chair. You've been magnificent. Thank you so very much. <laughs> Thank you so much for your questions, Representative Rush. I now recognize that, the, oh, I'm sorry, seeing no none of my Republican colleagues on the platform, I will now recognize the gentlelady from North Carolina, Representative Adams. You have five minutes for questions. Thank you. Thank you, Chairwoman Hayes and Ranking Member Bacon for hosting the hearing today. And to Inspector General Fong, thank you for your testimony as well. The USDA's history of discrimination, discriminatory actions against employees and, and program participants, particularly socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers, is well documented. Uh, it's critical that USDA employees and participants in USDA programs have confidence in the department's ability to properly resolve complaints in, in a timely manner. So my question has to do with processing. Processing times for complaints uh, steadily increased from fiscal year 2017 to 571 days to fiscal year 2018 to 594 days, fiscal year uh, 2019, 799 days. So what do you believe were the factors behind these increases? Well, when we did our work, and we talked with the employees of the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, um, they identified insufficient resources as a key reason for the delays, uh, insufficient staff resources, um, the need for a really good IT system. And um, I think, you know, that that's probably a good place to start in terms of addressing the issues. Okay, so so the decreasing staff levels uh, during the last administration was that, in your opinion, a contributing force? 
we did not specifically address that issue, uh, but the fact that the, the staff of that office indicated that it was a force would seem to be, I think, credible. And, okay. you know, any office that loses staff is going to lose capacity to do what it needs to do. Okay. So do you have any thoughts about uh, why the action was not taken at USDA as the processing time increased year after year after year to address the issue? Uh, I, I don't know. And, and okay. part of it may be, and Gil, you know, please comment on this. Part of it may be that the data may not have been either available or not, or weren't being reviewed to really identify um, the fact that these delays were growing. That okay. So let me ask, uh, has uh, OIG looked at the impact to the civil rights apparatus in the department uh, since the Trump administration ended the assessment process? And why has the department conducted uh, why why has the department conducted any compliance reviews since 2017? Yes, that that is one of our findings and 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 a source of our recommendations. We we recommended that uh, the Office of Civil Rights really missed an opportunity here by not conducting those assessments and compliance reviews. That would be a tremendous source of data for OASCR to determine whether its programs are working or not. And we recommend that they they uh, find a way to uh, obtain and do that kind of oversight. Okay, your your office uh, reviewed a sample of 48, 48 case files, twenty eight uh, of which were part of the nine one one complaints uh, closed between October one, twenty sixteen, and June thirtieth uh, of twenty nineteen. What kinds of cases were these? race, gender, disability, discrimination, and what agencies, um, whether farm service, food and nutrition, were, were these 48 cases for? I do not have that data specifically. Gil, would you like to comment or should we um, bring get that information for you? What, what I was gonna ask is if you would allow us to, to pull that data from our work, we can give you a very specific answer as to what made up the cases um, that we looked at. Okay, fine. Oh, okay, if you would do that. Um, uh, your, your office identified five settlements, six findings of discrimination in, in the sample of cases. Uh, what kinds of cases were in terms of race, gender, disability, discrimination uh, were these? And similarly, I'd like to, to gather the specific information on that and get that back to you. The, the report itself focuses on process as opposed to the individual cases, so I don't have it right in front of me. Okay, well, well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, your responses. Madam Chair, I'm gonna yield back. Thank you, Representative Adams. Seeing none of my Republican colleagues on the platform, I now recognize the gentleman from Florida for five minutes, Mr. Lawson, if you'd like to ask your questions. Am I on mute? We can, can hear you, you hear sir. We can hear yeah. you, sir. Okay, thank you very much, Madam Chairman. It was fun. Welcome uh, to uh, the committee. Let me see if I can put my glasses on here. Uh, fun. Uh, my statement is according to 2017 Census Agriculture, uh, my district, Florida, ranked fifth. Uh, 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 district five ranked uh, 29th out of 435 congressional districts. Uh, in the population of self-reported uh, Black farmers. Therefore, the adequate processing of civil rights complaints is a major priority uh, uh, for me. Uh, the question is, are the action outlined in your recommendation where the Office of Inspector General has identified a role for Congress in addressing some of the actions in the Office of Assistant Secretary of Civil Rights issues uh, uh, have this uh, been taken care of? Uh, I mentioned you mentioned something about it earlier, but I just want to know what have been what have been done with the uh, in the with the Assistant Secretary of Civil Rights on these issues. Yes, uh, we as you point out, we we made a number of recommendations to the Assistant Secretary's office. They have reviewed those recommendations and given thought to how to address them. And I'm pleased to, to um, testify that very recently their office has agreed to take 
responsive action on all of the recommendations we've made. Um, they've set different timeframes for doing that, uh, but the, the, they have agreed to take action. And so we, um, we look forward to seeing the action that they take. Okay, Ms. Fine, in your testimony, uh, you mentioned that in 2021, audit followed up uh, on a five recommendation for, the, for 2012 and 2008 audit report. Uh, although corrected action was taken by the Office of the Assistant Secretary of Civil Rights, uh, the OASCR, to address these recommendation weakness uh, still exist. Is there any reason why so many of those recommendations would still exist? Uh, I'll offer some general comments and, and then Gil may have some additional insights. Uh, we, we did, we have over the course of the last 20 or 30 years made a significant number of recommendations. The problems remain. And I think if we look at the course of the program over the years, at times there's progress and then at other times um, due to change in priorities or change in focus, other priorities take precedence and then we, you know, and then we come back in and, and review it again. We've done reviews every few years. Um, I think the current report documents the current state of affairs and um, I'm looking forward to working with the assistant secretary's office as, as they make progress in addressing our newest set of recommendations. Gil, is there anything that you might want to add to that? Yeah, I, I would just build on, on comments that you've made throughout the hearing that, you know, this has been a sensitive area and one that we've worked on with the department for, for 20 plus years. And it has gone through a rise and fall in terms of things were implemented and, and there may have been some backsliding. Because of the sensitivity, that's why the, the Office of Inspector General does periodically review this area because we've seen that history and we, we want to continue to keep it in the forefront to make sure that they have a very good quality program. Mr. Gill, uh, thanks for that information. But one other thing I would like to ask, uh, do you feel that you are adequately staffed? Because I know it was uh, that uh, Congressman Bishop kind of mentioned something like that in the appropriation process in order to uh, get a lot of these things resolved. Do you feel that the department adequate, uh, are you available to even speak on that? Uh, you know, and I, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I'll just say a few things. I appreciate Chairman Bishop's um, information today. It was very helpful. And with respect to the resources that, that he hopes the Congress will appropriate to the Office of the Assistant Secretary, I think that could go a long way to addressing some of the recommendations we've made. Um, you know, until it actually, the, the funds are actually appropriated and the office has a chance to invest in the resources it needs and they can actually set their, their goals and objectives and, and their measures. And we see how they do at meeting their program intent. Then I think we'll be able to see um, how that's going. Okay, well, thank you. And Madam Chair, with that, I yield back. Thank you, Representative Lawson. Seeing no other Republican colleagues on the platform, I now recognize myself for five minutes of questioning. Um, just a few things. First of all, I'm very happy to hear, thank you for joining us today, but I'm very happy to hear that this position will soon be filled on a permanent basis. I am deeply concerned by the fact that this has been, this position has not been filled, especially as we've heard on this hearing, there are so many challenges with addressing civil rights complaints. So I'm happy that we're moving forward in that direction. There have been troubling reports about the failure to adequately investigate discrimination complaints. In fact, several OASCAR employees have alleged that there's a focus on closing complaints to meet processing timeframes rather than investigating and assessing the absence of complaint. The report also found that OASCAR did not adequately support or process half of the final agency decisions sampled by OIG. My question, I guess, is 
I, I've changed my question based on what Representative Adams asked and then subsequently Mr. Lawson. It seems so obvious that uh, if there is a decrease in staffing and that there's an increase in the times to process, uh, Ms. Fong, you said that you didn't specifically address staffing or look at that. I don't understand that. If you didn't address staffing, then what did you address? Um, I, I read through and one of the recommendations was to develop and implement a strategy to routinely evaluate and address OASC our staffing and funding resources to ensure program complaints are processed in a timely manner. If staffing levels wasn't one of the things that was considered in that recommendation, I guess my question is, how did you come to that conclusion? I think I'll let I'll defer to Gil on that because uh, he's he's probably got a more precise formulation on it. Yeah, and it, it's not that we didn't consider staffing. I, I guess the way that I would say it is I can't I'm not in a position and my teams are not in a position to say you need X number of staffing. One of the things that fed into that recommendation was a, a recognition on on the assistant secretary of civil rights offices part that they needed to look at their staffing levels and they had made a commitment internally to themselves to do that. And then they did not act on that. And so when we came in and saw that they didn't process things timely, they had very outdated guidance that they were following and that it was inconsistent. You know, that was just another piece that they needed to internally look at to see where they needed to be as experts in the field as to what, what should happen. Thank you. Is there a plan to look into any of the allegations involving failure to adequately investigate discrimination complaints as opposed to just closing them out in the essence of time? I, I do not have anything specific that I'm, I'm working on at this point in time. I know that later this year we're, we're wanting to look at, and some of that is driven by, you know, priorities and risk and, and the different things that the department does. I don't mean to do that as a push away answer, um, but we also want to look at the processing of EEO complaints. Um, I know that when we've looked at settlement agreements in the past, we raised similar questions and, and had recommendations because they were not adequately supported. Thank you. I'm, de I'm also deeply concerned about the effects of reorganization on capacity. In March of 2018, former Secretary Purdue published a notice announcing a realignment of OASCAR, which would consolidate civil rights resources at the mission area level through reducing staffing and functions. OIG submitted a comment that it planned to consider looking at the effectiveness of this realignment as part of its future auditing audit planning. Based on that review, how did the 2018 realignment impact the effectiveness and efficiency of USDA civil rights activities, namely the processing of complaints? I would have to go back and look at the, go ahead, Phyllis. Go ahead, Gil. No, I, I would have to go back and look at the timing of when we made that comment and if we were already looking at, if we were in the midst of the review that was reported on last September, we would be talking about a future review. And so I would still say that that may still be on the table to look at. My, yeah, and let me just add um, to Gil's comments. My recollection at the time was that there was an interest in having us um, look at the proposed reorganization and, and do an audit of that. And it, it, it wasn't ready or ripe for audit work. And so what our, what we were trying to communicate was that um, we would look at the results of the reorganization, the impact on, on program activities and, and whether or not um, there's an effective delivery of the programs. And in effect, that's what this audit is doing. Um, the reorganization took effect. And then we did our review and looked at several years of data. And we found a number of issues as, as reported in our report which, you know, due to the change in priority and the reorganization um, led to OASCR's admission that their, their strategic plan was no longer effective, that they were no longer going to do oversight and compliance reviews and agency head reviews and, and a number of other things like that, which I think answers the question, um, what happened as a result of the reorganization? Well, thank you for that answer. My time has expired, but I will make sure I follow up to get 
some of the answers to these questions because it is clear that there is a challenge with investigating civil rights complaints and we have the information and as we plan to go forward we have to come up with some some solutions to close these loops and address these problems it is it is um, unacceptable that this has gone on for this long with no clear end in sight um, be, I, I think that's all we have for member questions. Before we adjourn today, I invite the ranking member, Mr. Bacon, to share any closing comments that you may have. Thank you, Madam Chair. I have no further questions. I appreciate Inspector Fong, uh, your comments today and uh, being with us. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bacon. And thank you to Ms. Fong and Mr. Hardin for joining us today. Our committee deeply values OIG's important work and the insight it provides. And I particularly want to thank you for your continued work to oversee and improve the civil rights complaint process at USDA. Thank you as well to our members who joined us here today. I am hopeful that today's hearing will lead us to product towards productive solutions in this critical area. I am committed to ensuring that those participating and applying to USDA programs have confidence that they will be treated fairly, and in the unfortunate event that a civil rights violation does occur, that they have appropriate and timely recourse. Thank you all again for your time and attention to this matter. Under the rules of the committee, the record for today's hearing will remain open for 10 calendar days to receive additional materials and supplementary written responses from the witnesses to any questions posed by a member. This hearing of the subcommittee on nutrition oversight and department operations is adjourned. Thank you all for your time. <laughs>